When the gospel of Jesus Christ is received by faith, one of the immediate and instantaneous differences that occurs in that individual is they are granted and they are given a supernatural vision. The person is made new by the Holy Spirit, regenerated, old is gone, new has come. They are made new. They are a new creation. They are born again. And when they are born again, as part of that process, they now have eyes that can see. Hi, friends, and welcome back to Live in the Light. I'm Craig Turnbull, the host of Live in the Light, as well as joining me in our studio is our teacher, Pastor Robbie Simons. And you've joined us in the middle of our series we're calling Made New. We're looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and, and literally unpacking it lesson by lesson and sensing a huge weightiness of the gospel in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So it's an encouraging series. It's a challenging series. And, and, and today, Robbie, our message, equally encouraging, equally challenging. Where are we going? We are understanding that when we are made new, just, just think about that. If you are a new creature in Jesus Christ, you've been born again. You were dead, but now you are alive by the Holy Spirit of God. That means now you have new vision. Yes, we've learned already in this chapter that a new body awaits us, a resurrected body in Christ, but now you have a new vision. You no longer walk just by sight. We now walk by faith, by faith in the Son of God. And when we walk by faith, it changes everything. Let me just say too, just in recent days, recent weeks, recent months, just been so encouraged by the response of our listeners here at Live in the Light. Some of you have talked to in person, some were uh, talking by email or, or getting in touch with us through the website. Just, hey, please continue to allow us to know how you're being encouraged as God has caused you to be made new, as God is working your life, because that just fires us up to continue to see the message of Jesus Christ and his truth impact your life. And this series, Craig, I believe has as much opportunity as, as any series we've done to see lives transformed by the truth of Jesus Christ. Because, hey, man, is there anything bigger than being made new by God? Is there anything bigger? I don't think so. So we're excited. We're excited. And hey, listeners, we're thankful for you. You be blessed today in Jesus' name. Amen. And I'm excited as well. And loved ones, if you are listening and being challenged in this and you would like to reach out and connect with us and let us know how God's been challenging you and growing you through the teaching ministry here, we'd love to hear from you. Our website as well is liveinthelight.ca, L-I-G-H-T dot C-A. Or you can phone us up at 1-844-22-LIGHT. That's 1-844-225-4448. Listen, if you didn't get all that information, all that at at the end of our program today. But for today, we're going back into 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's made new means I can see. And here's Pastor Ravi with today's message. You can open up your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. That would be, that would be great. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is where we're going to be again, Lord willing, for the next several minutes. 
2 Corinthians chapter 5, I want you to think of this as you have opened your Bible uh, to that chapter. As we have just opened up, um, this is the Word of God, okay? Um, God wrote a book. This, this is it. Um, th- that's pretty special. There's only one book in the history of the universe that God has written start to finish, okay? Uh, you're holding it if you have one. Don't let that get familiar. Don't, don't let it get familiar as you wake up in the morning or whatever you're doing and you kind of, I guess I'll just kind of take a look and then don't let it get familiar. You're holding a book that God has written. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? That's pretty exciting. And what happens is though we get familiar with that truth and we take it and him for granted. So this is a good time. This is a good time to probably turn to your neighbor and say, uh, you should read this book. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, You should definitely uh, read this book. Amen, amen. I love moments like that because it reminds me, listen, of what is true, right? It's what's true. As we turn there now and we look at verses 6 to 10 today together, in one of the most popular hymns ever written, and if I took a survey right now, the most popular hymn ever written, probably many of you would say uh, the hymn by John Newton, Amazing Grace. And Amazing Grace, it says, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now what? I see, yes, was blind, but now I see. Now, that phrase right there that saved a wretch like me, I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. That right there is a description of the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When the gospel of Jesus Christ is received by faith, one of the immediate and instantaneous differences that occurs in that individual is they are granted and they are given a supernatural vision. The person is made new by the Holy Spirit, regenerated, old is gone, new has come, They are made new. They are a new creation. They are born again. And when they are born again, as part of that process, they now have eyes that can see. They can see God. They can see the purpose of life. They can see Jesus Christ. They can see the reality that the Holy Spirit lives within them. They can see death, but they can see life. They can see hell, but they can see heaven. They can see why it is they are here on this earth. They can see what's coming. Maybe not perfectly. Maybe they don't understand it all right now, but they can see the reason again that they are here and the reason Jesus Christ came and lived and died and rose again from the dead, they can see this is what it means to be made new. Do you remember the moment in your life when you were made new to the point where you could see? Were you like me walking through life, looking at self all over the place, staring at the world, and then the gospel comes and goes, bam, and rocks you and changes you and saves you, and then all of a sudden, the fog dissipates. The curtains are drawn The sun is dawned upon your life where you can see for the very first time the scales were lifted. Isn't that the greatest moment ever? In the life of a man or woman who was dead but now is alive, who was lost but now is found, who was blind but now who can see? This is what it means to be made new. 
When we are made new by the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have new eyes. We have a new vision. The world can't see it. The world doesn't get it. But Jesus Christ gives it. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 is the hub of our passage. So look at verse 7. Don't look at me. Look at the Bible. Look at chapter 5 verse 7. And it says here, for we walk by faith. What does it say? And then not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. Now the power of this verse is to understand this. Physical sight leads to death. If the person can only see physically, that's not going to save them. Every person born, some level, see, hears on a physical basis. Listen, but spiritual sight is what leads to life. Only people who are born again spiritually receive a spiritual vision to see the spiritual realm, to see the impact of Jesus Christ. But people without faith, people who are not born again, they might hear, they don't really hear, they might see, they don't really see. This is why Isaiah prophesied about such people stuck in unbelief. And Jesus quoted Isaiah and said, and you will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. So all these people walking across this world, hearing, but not really hearing, seeing, but not perceiving the reality of the gospel. But then when the spirit of God comes and causes someone to be made new, when that person is instantaneously regenerated by the spirit of God, they are made new. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit grants the gift of faith. Regeneration leads to faith. And when faith is granted, that is when true vision reveals the light of life. Again, so glorious and amazing. Week number one, we see we are made new, we get a new body. Week number two, we find out that we have new vision. We can see. I can see, I can see. Lord Jesus Christ, when faith is granted, this is why our sermon title then is, is this, made new means, means I can see. It means I now walk by faith and not by sight. My vision is no longer just physical. My vision is now spiritual. Let's, let's look at our text here, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 6. It, Paul says, so we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Everything's changed, you see? Yes, he says, he's repeating himself now, making emphasis on what he is. Yes, we are of good courage. And we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, meaning in the body or in heaven with Christ, we notice, make it our aim to please him. It's all about the Lord, isn't it? Verse 10, for, and here's the reason for this, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. The hub of our text is verse 7. Walk by faith, not by sight. That's the hub, and from the hub come the spokes, pointing back to the hub. What does it mean to walk by faith? and not by sight. What does it mean to truly see? We're going to find out here. If I can truly see, the amazing thing about this text right now, and all these people in this room right now, I mean, just the privilege of speaking to so many people, 
And who am I and who are we to be even doing this right now? It's just, it's incredible to me. But the reality is of all the people in this room right now, not everyone can truly see. And some of us who can see, our vision can get blurred sometimes and we have left our eyes from that which we are supposed to look at and whom we are supposed to look at and then we get discouraged because our eyes have not been fixed on Jesus but have been fixed on self. Well, Paul wants to take the people back here in the church of Corinth in the church of Oakville right now and he says, I, I want to remind you what it means to truly see. And if you can truly see, this is, this is what happens. If we have spiritual vision, this is what will take place. The first thing is, is this. If I can truly see, I will always find courage. I mean, hear that, receive that, write that, get that, understand that, live that. If I can truly see, um, I will always, and I stress the word always, okay? It's in the Bible. I will always find courage. So the first word in verse six is what? In my translation and most of yours, verse six, the first word is very important. The first word is so. What is so here? So here is a conjunction. Loved ones, when you're reading the Bible, look for the conjunctions. So often the conjunctions are so powerfully presenting one argument of truth to another argument of truth and the power of seeing they're building the foundation and they unleash then the next level or the application. The conjunction here is so tying verses one to five to verses six to 10. Paul builds an argument of truth and now he says, therefore, since, because, so, so then, because of this truth, so the word so causes us to remind ourselves in verses one to five. So because you cannot die, so because you know that death is actually the entrance way to life, so because you know that the Holy Spirit within you is a guarantee of all that's been promised, so, so because you know this, what does Paul say in verse six? Paul says, so because you know this, he says, cheer up. It's my translation, okay? But um, one of the meanings of the original, we are always of good courage. It does mean to be confident. It means to be bold. It means, it means to be of good cheer. I want you to see here, do not miss this. I want you to see the reality of good theology always leads to great joy. I'll say it again. Good theology always leads to great joy. Notice here, so because of all this truth, going to heaven cannot die, guaranteed, we are always of good, really, Paul, always, always, man, always. We are always of good courage. We are always of good courage courage, yet another place in the Bible where it's telling us that in the light of the gospel, all of us saved in Christ, that means today is another great day, good day. Do you know that? In the gospel, every day is another great day, is another good day. Why? For the reasons Paul just said. It's another great day, regardless of how our job is doing, regardless of what our home life is like, regardless of where we are in society, regardless of where our bank accounts are. In light of the gospel, we are always of good courage because Paul says, last time I checked, you're saved, you're alive, Christ loves you, you're guaranteed glory, nothing can separate from the love of God, this life will be over soon, and you'll be in heaven with Christ forever. That makes today yet another 
great day. Do you see how good theology always leads to great joy? See, the problem is we don't rehearse good theology enough to lead us to great joy. What we do is we forget the theology. We don't see. We focus on the world. We look at ourselves. We complain about our circumstances. We whine about our misfortune. And our eyes have just went off of Christ onto selves. Of course, we'll be depressed. And that's why Paul says, so. You're saved. You're alive. Christ loves you. We are always of good courage. Hey, loved ones, cheer up. And you know what? Hey, Robbie, cheer up, dude. Cheer up, man. The Lord loves you. And he's got you. And he will never leave you. I love singing tonight. Your love never fails. I love singing Jesus, only Jesus. I loved when Christ shall come, a shout of acclamation. I just love it. I just love him. I just love him. And just to get the theology to run through your mind and then to, you know what happens? Your theology goes to your mind, it hits your heart, and then eventually it's going to hit your face. Right? It just, it's amazing to me, the people with all the truth in their heads, but it never goes anywhere beyond there. But when theology is rightly applied, it goes here, here, and then eventually it's going to go here, and maybe there's tears, maybe there's a smile, maybe there's an expression of, wow, I can't believe this is true. Whatever it is, it's good. It's good. And it causes you to feel pretty good too. This is what the gospel does. When Paul says that we are always of good courage, it means to be confident, again, bold. It, it means that someone is convinced about something. So notice what he says here, verse six. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body here on earth, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. One day we're going to see Jesus Christ face to face. Amen? Amen? 1 Corinthians 13, awesome. But the verse 8, yes, he says, again, emphasis, repeating, we are of good courage and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Now, I don't mean to be a broken record, okay? But one of the things I must do to faithfully teach God's word is to keep showing you what God keeps telling us. And what God keeps telling us here, the secret and the power to Paul's life his courage. Paul, how are you so courageous? How are you, how are you living this way? How did you kind of say, oh, I don't care if I lose everything. I'm with, how, did you, how did you get beaten by rods? How did you get stolen? How did you keep uh, persevering? How did you do it? It's all rooted here. His courage comes from his conviction. His conviction of what will be. And notice this, Paul expects the same of us. He says, now we... We believers are always of good courage. The reason Paul, he's so bold in his approach to God. And the reason he's so bold as he approaches God is because he's so convinced of the gospel. I mean, if you trace through 2 Corinthians, all he's doing is really rehearsing the gospel um, out loud. Let me summarize. Paul's like, I live in Christ. I belong to God. I cannot die. I'm destined for glory. I'm being transformed. My home is waiting. My future is guaranteed. My security is perfect. I will win. I cannot lose. I'm a child of God. I'm a sheep belong to the shepherd. I am everything in Christ. And because of Christ then, these are the reasons that I am so confident and so courageous because this is my conviction. 
Paul sees his reality and it carries him forward in the midst of death itself because he's so transfixed on the beauty of Christ and the life that Jesus Christ promises. So I want to just take a few moments here to do some biblical counseling 101, okay? And I'm going to put some stuff on the screen for you here. And I just want you to, some, I, just, I love pointing out the obvious, okay? And so much of what we're doing in scriptures, we're just trying to, here's the obvious, here's the meal, here's what you got to eat. Don't make it so complicated. Notice with Paul's life, we're learning this already in the first six, seven verses of chapter five and everywhere else as well. Notice his calling he has been called by God, saved by God, chosen by God before the foundation of the world, Ephesians 1. His calling leads to courage. He knows God has called him. He's not responsible for his own life. God is. When you know that you're called, you know that you're called to glory, that gives you courage. There's courage in understanding your calling. You rehearse your calling. It's called the gospel, saved in Christ. His conviction, conviction, strengthens courage. So when you know you're called, you become convinced. And the conviction, you must remind yourself in your conviction of your calling. And both of these strengthen one another. Conviction then leads to courage. He's so convinced of his calling and then convinced of this reality, it leads him to live this out. And notice this, courage, biblical courage to be courageous means I don't give up. It means I continue because what else will I live for? Paul's like, I'm not I'm living for the world. I'm not living for myself. I'm living for Christ. So because I have so much calling conviction, of course I'm courageous and then I continue. See, people who give up, people who leave, the, they were never truly saved. The parable of the sword, they respond to the word with joy, it says, but when tribulation, persecution comes, they fade away. But when you're truly saved in Christ, you'll have ups and downs. You're going to get in the ditch, but you will get back up and you will continue because you find courage and conviction and calling. And then this, courage means confidence. And confidence, again, courage is I cheer up because I'm so confident of what's ahead. And one more thing I want to show you here. Next slide. Okay, watch this, right? A right theology leads to a right foundation and will lead to a powerful courage. The reason many, many believers have, don't have powerful courage is because they've left the foundation or they, they've been distracted from the foundation of the reality of the this loved ones. Why do I wake up every morning and read the Bible? This is why. I, can't do, I don't wake up every morning and read the Bible because I want a check mark. I wake up and read the Bible because I want God. Understand? I need my mind to be renewed every single day. I call it flushing the toilet of my mind. Okay, forgive me, okay, forgive me, but it works for every day in this world. I'm being bombarded as you are by false teaching and infinite amount of sources. And every day I gotta open up God's word. I gotta get right theology to get my foundation built back up again. And then I find power and courage to live the Christian life. If we fail to do our theology, reading God's word and loving him through prayer, we won't have a foundation, we won't have courage. This is not just for the pastor, man. This is for every man and woman and child who desires to have an authentic relationship with the Lord living day in, day out. Not so God says, good boy, good girl. So God says, now I want you to know my truth and you will know my power and love and I can work within you. If we look at our verses again, if we look at our verses again, what do we see in verses six to eight? We see here, Paul is explaining that to be in the body is to be away from the Lord. Okay? Now, now, think about that. Paul says to be in the body is to wait for the Lord. This is another way 
that Paul is saying, I've tasted the meal. I've, 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 I've sampled the dish, but, but I long for the whole thing. So he's saying, I'm not there yet. I know that the full meal is coming, but I've had a, a tasting of it here and now. So, so away, away from the Lord, he says, we are away from the Lord. We were in the body here on earth. But then, and he says here, we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So he says, we, we are at home in the body here on earth, in our physical body, away from the Lord. But he says, but in verse eight, he says, we'd rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Now, what this truth teaches us right here, okay? And this is, this is important. Just to stop for a second right here. This teaches us that a moment a believer, a genuine believer in Christ dies, the moment they die, they are with the Lord 100%. Okay, right here, Paul's saying, we're not here on earth, we're with the Lord, okay? So this verse right here, verse eight, that blows up any, any teachings of purgatory, okay? Blows it up. It blows up any teachings of soul sleep, that somehow when a Christian dies, they fall asleep and then they wake up when Christ returns. No, no, no. The, the believer who passes from this life goes instantly to be with the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? Now, not in their resurrection bodies yet, that's coming when Christ returns, but they are there, their souls are with Christ. If you've lost a loved one who knew the Lord Jesus Christ, you can be assured right here in verse eight, they are presently right now in the glory and the presence of their savior, Jesus Christ, and they're having a good day too, okay? You can know that for sure, 100%. But here's what I want you to notice here in the text for us while we're still here on this earth. Notice Paul's eschatology Eschatology is what? It's the study of last things, okay? Notice Paul's eschatology leads to such encouragement. His eschatology encourages him so much because it's his eschatology, study of last things, which fixes his eyes on the reality of his future, lets him to see Christ, the reason he lives, and then he's filled with hope, faith, and strength. See, so we look beyond this life to Christ and all that's promised to us to get strength, to be encouraged, to find hope, to remind ourselves of the reason we actually live. It is a good and right thing to think upon, to dwell upon, to long for the glory that awaits us. So question, this is where Paul's looking and he's like, hey, and we need to look, we wanna cheer up, we look, we look. And the question we ask ourselves is, well, what are we looking at? Question, hey, hey, what are you looking at? Like in life, like what are you looking at? What are we looking at? Do we think this way? Do we live this way? Do we talk this way? Is our example in this way? We see a, a great verse by Peter in this, in this whole truth from 1 Peter 1. I, I love, I love this. Though you have not seen him, okay, physically, okay, you love him. Though you do not now see him, physically, you see him spiritually, how? Here, you believe, you believe. You believe in him and notice, and notice what faith does. Good theology leads to good joy, great joy. You rejoice, this isn't just great joy, this is inexpressible joy. I mean, who doesn't want that, huh? Hey, you can get it. Like the Lord can move in your life now, today, tonight. The problem is our eyes are so often on stuff of the world and ourselves and material things, and that's what discourages us so much. But you get your eyes, you will never stare in the face of Jesus Christ and feel let down. 
You will never stare in the face of Jesus Christ and feel that down, ever, ever. Notice, joy is inexpressible and filled with glory. And look, 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 ready? Obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You see, you see, what's Peter doing? He's looking, man, he's longing, man. He's loving his savior here and what's to come. And it causes him to say, I can't see him physically, man, but I see him spiritually. And my faith has led to an inexpressible joy. And that's so exciting. Hey, loved ones, cheer up, man. Cheer up. When we can truly see, we will. We will find a joy that overcomes any sense of temporary, worldly um, discomfort or discouragement. The power of this theology is that overrides all of that that's found here on the earth. You're listening to Live in the Light with Robbie Simons. If you'd like to hear this message again or the rest of the messages from this series, you can find these resources and more on our website at liveinthelight.ca. Our mailing address in Canada is 500 Great Lakes Boulevard in Oakville, Ontario. Our postal code is L6L6X9. I'm Craig Turnbull, and on behalf of Robbie Simons, we invite you to join us again next time on Live in the Light.